Hello, bit of a heads up, this episode is a bit of a heavy one. We talk about death, suicide, things like that. But we also talk about mental health and taking care of each other. And yeah, it's not all dark, promise. But um, yeah, if you need help, we've put some numbers about suicide lines and and numbers that can help you and and you can call them for support and there's a list with all the suicide lines and support lines in the world in the description of the episode also if you need to talk you can send us a message on facebook and twitter at can i have a reply and we'll try really hard to come back to you you're not alone and you're loved on with the show Hello, and welcome, welcome to another episode of can I have a word? You're Phil. No. No, I'm not. You're, I'm Phil. Yes, and I'm Harry. You're every time. <laughs> right, you're Harry. And you're Phil. And together we are Harry, Harry and Phil. Phil. And uh, welcome to uh, the Harry, Can I Have a Word, which is uh, a podcast where we have a random word which prompts a conversation that could go anywhere, uh, be about anything, and yeah, who knows what we're going to end up with. Um, and what we've got today is um a very 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 special guest a very special guest uh it's it's none other than david mitchell hello david hello harry and phil lovely to be here oh and i have a word (laughs) david is the uh screenwriter and novelist uh who wrote uh, cloud atlas and did the matrix resurrections and also did sensate i mean this is amazing on our podcast he's not the comedian in case anyone's getting confused yeah and i'm not funny at all Um, (laughs) uh, i uh, i would also to point out i was only uh, the mere co-writer on uh sensate and uh matrix resurrections uh one of three writers rather than it kind of being something i did just uh, in case that uh, entered the historical the historical record in the wrong way. Over. Uh, he's um, he's also incredibly humble. I think we might throw in because to us that's quite an awesome thing to having written the Matrix and and the Sensate and the Cloud Atlas and other incredibly he's awesome things. Just the cool writer, darling. Please. Just the cool yes. writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also a uh, very very nice chap. So we've got him uh, on on on. Can I have a word? So without any further ado. Do you want to press the button? I'll press the button. Here we go. And the random word today is... Oh, my I word. <laughs> David? Yeah, I'm... Uh, uh, we're going to get first stab at this. And I can't believe the word you've got. <clears throat> and I well, quote... I'm, here we go. Here we go. Drum roll. <clears throat> David, mm-hmm. what's the first thing you think of when you see the word death? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, lord. oh my lord! Oh my lord! What an allegedly random word that is! I, I assure you. So, so what does death mean to you? Is this good or a bad thing? <laughs> mm. Um, it's a blue thing, Phil. I happen to remember. I think it's called the Piccolo Book of Superstitions, and I remember being fascinated to read that. Uh, Although we associate death with black in our culture, uh, uh, it ain't necessarily so for many cultures around the world. I can't remember which one it was, but there's some culture somewhere associates it with white. I suppose that's uh, this, this is my first um, uh, exposure to the idea of cultural relativism, and um, and I thought then, well, what's what color would blue be for me, like? If you're allowed to pick one, if there's not uh, one quality, one colour that death absolutely has if you're a human being, if you're allowed to choose one, then wouldn't blue be the nicest one? Uh, blue, sort of the colour of the sky and, 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 and the upper atmosphere, sort of that high 
bright yet darkish stratospheric blue. So wow. when you said death just now, um, I think, um, yeah, blue. Um, so not really an object, not really a, uh, a, an emotion, not really a, um, a landscape, but just but that blue when you're on a when you're on an inter, on an intercontinental flight and the plane goes up to twenty two thousand feet or twenty nine thousand feet or however high they go, uh, that sort of blue you see through the little window, uh, blue at the edge of space. Wow. Over. <laughs> that, that's an answer and a half. That is. I like that. I, 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 the thing I find interesting is is how you can connect uh, color to an abstract concept. Because I find, I mean, we were talking about this on a previous podcast. It's about this um, the the non visual uh, thing. What's it called again? Aphantasia. We've we've talked about this before as well. Is that I I find it very difficult to visualize. Um, imaginative things it's it's conceptual to me um maybe uh, i can think of stories in terms of conflicts in terms of narrative but but to associate an abstract concept with with clearly a visual thing i mean color is about as visual a thing as 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 a thing can be how does how does how do you can make that connection for you well as you were speaking just then phil um i was thinking how it might actually I think just to re- just to rephrase a little what you sl- um, rephrase what you slightly um, what you said slightly a little just now. Uh, I'm 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 associating a visual. Um, I'm sorry. I'm associating an abstract with kind of another abstract. Uh, yes, it's a visual abstract, but it isn't a blue thing. It's not even a blue sky. It it it, it and 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 it isn't a blue whale or a blue object. It's an abstract with an abstract. You might say. Uh, so, and and uh, I was, uh, and as you were um, putting a question just now, I was thinking how it might actually be easier, might make more sense rather than less sense to associate an abstract with an abstract. If I were to associate it with an object like let's have a blue whale uh, or, 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 or a giant blue tree, then that would seem a bit weirder and, and, and maybe more curious to me, whereas there's a certain kind of a sense um, death unless you reduce it to a symbol maybe reduce isn't the right word but unless you um you materialize that as a symbol uh then it isn't really an object um and so it would always be more curious if i um if i had come up with say a giant blue tree because then eh, why why tree um <laughs> so maybe my answer isn't that cool after all maybe it's a bit more <laughs> quotidian over um the, the thing i think is interesting though as well is that you, you think of blue and you said oh because it's it, it's quite bright or it's into you know it's the edge of space it mm. seems to be you've got a degree of of, of dare I say positive hopefulness mm. or it, it, it's not you you know like i said most people think or not most people i mean it is established in society that death is oh that's that's bad uh, that's uh, yes. you know black and it's wrong and it's it's the opposite of what people want. But mm. you seem to have associated it with a, a, a this sense of peacefulness. Peace. That's a good word. Mm. Is, is is that have I understood that right? Is that what you're? Uh, yeah, you're right. Now you pointed out um, we have to do better than be afraid of death. Um, we need we need a relationship with it. Uh, I think often um, many of the key relationships in our lives uh, that determine how at peace or not we are at, uh, how driven by our demons we are or are not, uh, it comes down to the relationships we have, not with people, but with abstract things, Um, money, God, sex, religion, uh, work, um, um, society, language, a ton of things um and death i think is one of sort of the top five or, or yeah um as i say a top 10 but no it's maybe a top three um if the only if the only thing you feel about death is a sort of is doom or or or, or, or a growing dread or or fear then i don't think that's the 
I don't think that's very healthy. And possibly this of this is a culture specific. Um, it, it certainly isn't an original thought to say that uh, death is our cultures, by which I mean sort of vaguely modern Western. Although much of this would be applicable to um, East Asia as well. Um, the only help we get from our culture is, well, it's not really help. Uh, the default setting we inherit from our culture vis-a-vis -vis death is fear. Um, as you say, it's, 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 it's an overwhelmingly negative thing. And I don't think that's, that can't be good. That can't be healthy. Uh, it's such a key human it's such a key part. It's it's it, it is the universal thing about being human that we all have in common. Um, obviously, um, it's written into the clause of life: uh, no birth without death. And so, I think we should. If, if there's, a, there's any way that, as you live, you can somehow um, reconfigure our default dread towards death and turn it maybe into a, a companion that walks along with us through life and just reminds us to not waste time and to sort out that disagreement and to I suppose what I'm saying is it might be wise to spend your life learning how to die well uh, that doesn't mean you shouldn't also live well but I think learning how to die well is a part of living well over one of the things that this is reminding me of, uh, I don't know if you saw, um, I, I, I know that you didn't, Harry, um, Dennis Potter, uh, years ago, did an interview with Melvin Bragg. Um, yeah. Do you yeah, remember I that interview? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, um, I know that very well. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and he refers, he was, he, um, he was a very famous TV writer, absolutely awesome, but he was dying. He knew he was dying um, of, uh, I think it was cancer, I think, but... Um, um, and he knew he didn't have long to live, um, but he was writing to make sure that he'd finished and he wanted to finish the thing that he was working on, his final piece, which I would just call, uh, there's cold, it's two things, uh, it's cold, uh, cold Lazarus and Karaoke, and they're both brilliant, but, and they were then all made after he died, but while he was, um, he, during this interview, he was talking to Melbourne and he said that when he found out he looked out the window and he saw this blossom and it was the blossomiest blossom he'd ever seen. Mm. He suddenly, because of he knew he was going to die, he appreciated every moment and everything suddenly became a lot more vivid in terms of colour, in terms of importance. And, and the things that we think of as important aren't because mm. they don't, you know, I, I don't know because he knows they're not going to last, but the, the, the living in the moment suddenly became a lot more important to him. And and, and I just think of somebody, if, if we could, it's going to sound awful, but imagine that every day or every moment, this is, you know, if we could live in the now to that extent, um, it's quite something. And it's, um, uh, yeah, I, I, when I saw that, it, it, it the, saw that interview years ago. I mean, we're talking, what, 1994? or something um it was it, it's astonishing when somebody can so eloquently phrase and talk about he had accepted it he'd come to terms with it and he'd managed to use it in a positive way um so i mean that's the thing um i think you touched on a bit david is that society that we live in i mean western society modern whatever however you, we it, it's all about the self it's about me 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 um, and when you die, that's it in terms of you as you currently are. However you might think in terms of religion, you might carry on in another world, another way, you might get reincarnated, whatever. It's not the same existence as you currently have, as far as I'm aware. Listeners, if I've got this completely wrong, do let us know. Um, but that's my understanding of it. But society generally is, is all about, um only about you and and making sure that you benefit i mean what's capitalism if it's not about the self and making sure that you've got everything you know and you become the most rich and and you and it's all about centering about what you want and yet and so so when when the so death is the opposite of that 
so therefore i would say society is uh in, in, encourages and endorses this idea that death is bad and wrong and evil whereas you could with a different kind of perspective think of it as well no death is is just a part of life and it isn't um although your current existence is over that you if you i don't know feel that you want to live on the simplest way i think is to create some form of art dare i say it and and leave um your mark on on society in in some creative way uh i mean i don't shakespeare right died 400 years ago and yet his work still remains and and people don't think of saying well, Shakespeare was a writer. We think of him very much as, you know, active in the sense that his works are continually brought back and reinvented for the continu- you know, for the current generation. They don't change that much. They just realise that certain art is, you know, speaks to the, the human spirit that stays forever. And so I think, yeah, it's... It, 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 but even even on a smaller on a smaller scale, I think you can leave your mark on if, if that's something you're after or if that's the way you think you can still live on in in the memory of people on a way smaller scale just just um helping people or 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 you know I'm thinking of um uh, doctors and nurses. You know, if you if you survived because of that one nurse or that one doctor that really changed your life or something, or I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud at the minute, but you, it's the person that you will carry with you your entire life or a very good teacher. You know, mm-hmm. there's that one teacher that everybody remembers and they, you can see their face, you remember their name and you remember everything that it was like when you were in their, in their class because there was that one teacher that really inspired you and kind of like, and you, I think you can inspire people on a way smaller scale like that on a daily life kind of thing, just by being nice to them or by helping out or by just trying to make their life a little bit easier. I think on a human level, because... Not everybody's going to be a famous writer, famous singer, famous actor that will be, you know, um, remembered through the ages. But I think on a smaller scale, you can do that just as, as like, quote unquote, a normal person in your daily life, I think. Uh, that's uh, I think that's very well said, Harry. Um, I, um, I would agree with Phil um, from the first half of what he said, um, death pisses on the fireworks of materialism we live in a materialist culture and death exposes effortlessly uh the shallowness of materialism and only materialism uh that uh, uh there are um uh, other uh for want of a better word advantages or benefits that that materialism brings as well and i'm not going to rubbish those completely but um but we, I think, have this hunger for something more than merely it. Um, and the more of it we have, the, the sharper and stronger that hunger. Uh, I also just wanted to say when you're talking that, um, yeah, Harry, uh, art is indeed a mortality hack. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, and, and in a sense, um, artists whose art we still consume decades or centuries later are in a sense still alive but it's only kind of in a sense uh of course the people don't know that the people uh the artists probably can't care about that probably aren't conscious of that because they're dead and 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 that's the point so while it is a mortality hack it's not an it's it's um it's not a very reliable one. Also, you simply don't know who's going to get on board that ship, immortality. Uh, and it, it is only a handful of artists compared to the number of human beings who have ever lived. So don't place all your eggs in that basket because it's not because it ain't a very big basket. It's got lots of holes in and who knows what eggs remain in it. Um, and then as Harry said, uh, maybe much more than art, just being kind is the best, immortal, uh, is, is the best mortality hack. Um, 
just entering the human process and helping people, which takes you to a nice conclusion at the end there, I suppose, which is that kindness is a form of art. What I was thinking, of course, and there's episode, uh, there's uh, more than one episode of Torchwood, I don't know if anyone remembers, uh, with, with Captain Jack, who was immortal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I bring this in is because it's, it's, it's mentioned many times that he isn't very happy about this. Um, and, and the fact that he cannot die is, 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 a burden. Cha- is a burden. It's, a ch- so to some extent. It's often, it's often a thing when you think about it. It's often a thing when you've got a character that's immortal that, uh, it, it, the character likes it at the beginning because they feel like a god or they have this possibility of exploring the world more and seeing the, ages and stuff like that but there's always a moment well always I don't know but there's often a moment where that character realizes that they've buried multiple lovers and multiple families and they've uh, lost all their friends about 10 times and all their families 10 times and they've seen everything change and you know and I, I think there's always that moment where the character with the immortality goes well this is a bit this is a bit long now. <laughs> uh, wh- what I think death does then is highlight just how much we change, how how life is change, and if death is is the the, the lack of change, it is so important in in for humans to not change. If that, I can't. I can't if you imagine we stayed the same forever but didn't die mm. it's it would be the same as death i think yeah, yeah. We, we need to constantly evolve and learn and grow and change that's what life is otherwise what's the difference between that and 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 death if you see what i mean mm. whereas if if you cannot die you will see yes over a course of time how things have you know how, how things come and go and you know, over over the course of years and decades, and how how things have changed. If you if you can see that, you know the 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 that arc, but you need to be through it to be able to necessarily really appreciate just how much changes. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the speed at which we travel through time at one second per second, if you see what I mean, is is very slow. Um, as as is I don't know, say like the time machine, the the nineteen sixties movie, right? Yeah. I think there's a bit where he travels forward in time, and it's all forward wound, and it's all and and you see this uh, changes of everything between the Victorian era when it sets to the uh, first world war, the second world war, and sixties, and then into the far future, and so on and so forth. So it's um, and and. And yet the time traveler himself is staying still. And because of this, you can, he can finally appreciate just how much life is changed. Um, and because he's not dying through this fast amount of you know, time. I mean, the similar that was in Doctor Who with, uh, what's the name, Maisie Williams. Maisie Williams? Yeah, her character, again, lasted until she never died and until the end of time. And and she had a perspective on just how much things come and go. So in a way, death is good. That maybe that's the the, the blue hopeful colour is that it, it it makes us be more aware of how how nothing is static, how nothing is forever in a good way. That things grow and we learn. We hope. Um, I think Steve Job put this really eloquently for, uh, when he said, uh, death is nature's change agent. Isn't that right? Great? Death yes. is nature's change agent. Uh, I also think that it is a superpower that uh, science fiction and fantasy possesses, that it is able to look at mortality via, through the lens of immortality. Uh, and it's just something it is able to do. Uh, and often it's done really well. And uh, the um, Maisie Williams character from Dr. Hill, whose who's name also I can't remember, I think she's one of the best uh, explorers of mortality through immortality. That, that 
I've ever seen. Uh, what a fabulous uh, character and uh, and superbly act, uh, acted, needless to say. Um, I also remember that scene from uh, the 1960s version of The Time Machine. Uh, I must have been a kid like you, but um, like the Dennis Potter blossomiest blossom uh, interview that's sort of inscribed on my memory forever. Uh, and I think it's also interesting, and, and here's where these two strands of, of, of what you were just saying uh, uh, twist and wind together. Um, at the other end of the time journey, uh, the time traveller is now the stranger. The, uh, the time traveller becomes an alien. Uh, the time traveller is a single last of the Mohicans in a world of Morlocks or, uh, and whatever um, the other race that H.G. Wells describes, its name has gone. Um, just as Maisie Williams, she's no longer a Viking girl. She's no longer even human in some respects, uh, whatever human is. Um, and maybe the sadness and the pain comes uh, involved in death. It, it, it's 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 acute when it's out of order. When uh, we we're probably old enough to have had the experience of having of having to bury one or two people who died before their time. Really, their time being um, what we like to think of as a. You know, your three score years and ten a decent innings, however we put it. Uh, that's when death is when death is a tragedy, and maybe it should be feared in some ways. Um, when when the kid dies before the parents, um, or when a contemporary dies in her forties or even younger, or, 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 or his early fifties. Um, I speak as someone who's. 53, I'm sure that number will adjust through time as I move on. Uh, but um, at the unfortunate end of the actuary tables. Uh, and maybe there, yeah, um, it is. Um, it's something very different. It's not this almost transparent blue thing. Um, it's something else. And this, fortunately, however, fortunately for me, is is... is Something that I don't have too much direct experience of, so maybe my 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 abstract edge of space blue response would have been a little bit different if it had, uh, if, if if I had had more experience of um, uh, a tragically timed death. Anyway, over. One of the things that I'm I'm thinking of now is Sandman. Um, have you, mm. as in the the Neil Gaiman? Yeah, yeah. Uh, TV series, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and there's a character in there who represents death. Mm, um, yeah. And one of the things in in the thing is that you know she uh, she goes around um, helping people go from you know to, to guide people to the whatever it is afterlife or whatever it is that happens, um, but they disappear. Um, and the, one of the things that she says in the comics, and I believe it's in one of the episodes, uh, is that. The, the, you know, when a character dies, they get what everyone gets. They get a lifetime, mm. and that's that's all we get. What, however long that is, is you know, is relative. Um, but yeah. that's a great line. Yeah, yeah, but it's. I think it's important. I, I, I can see. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> I, I, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um... Right, I'm going to try to compose myself a little bit. <sighs> Sorry. That's okay, Harry. You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. Uh, and if you do, that's fine too. And if you do, you, you take as much time as you want. So, um... I used to have a nonce. And um, we were only three years apart, I believe. And yeah. um, she was always very much like a, a the big sister I've never had because I'm the oldest of my sisters. And yeah. um, because she was so close to me in yeah. terms of age, I've always yeah. seen her as a big sister. Yeah. And um, and she would be the one that would show me 
to do like um the things you do you know when you're you're starting to be almost a teenager or, or a yeah. teenager and you start rebelling and you start mm. doing silly things and and sneak out of the house to i don't know go and walk around the village in the middle mm. of the night and you don't do specifically anything crazy or anything mm. naughty but you're just doing the naughty things of getting out of the house at like 11 at night oh dear and um and uh and I would have fun with her and her friends that would be about the same age and we would rebel and, you know, she would sneak sneak out and give me cigarettes and uh, when I was way too young, when I wasn't too, too be able to smoke them, but she would give me a puff or two and be like, don't tell your mom and don't tell my mom. And we like, yeah, no, it's between the two of us. And yeah, she was very much that, that older sister that kind of like, drags you along to do naughty things and, mm. and teach, teaches you a bit about life in mm. good ways and bad ways. Mm. And um, and when she was in high school, she started missing her bus every morning and then she would have problems and she'd go to, she, she'd be blocked in the bathroom forever because she mm. had like problem with her bowels and nobody really knew what was happening and yeah. and why she would miss her bus every day like that until mm. eventually we thought oh maybe she's got a bowel problem because obviously that's why she misses her bus every day really mm. it must be something physical mm. until really eventually years after we realized that she was agoraphobic and she was oh, poor love. extremely scared of people yeah. I mean she was, she was quite popular with her friends and she she wasn't a particularly bad student and and all of a sudden she could just couldn't go back to school and she was just scared of going out and yeah. and yeah. She would leave during the night and sleep during the day so that she yeah. would interact with as less people as possible yeah and um and eventually she she tried to take her life a couple of times and she ended up taking medicine and she went to like a, a um, what do you call it a mental hospital what yeah, you call uh, psychiatric unit exactly yeah. something like that and uh, and then she came out of that and she had a boyfriend and and it was really nice it it felt like she was back because yeah. for a long time she wasn't a medicine and she wasn't really herself she was yeah. really bland and weird mm. and then she kind of calmed the pills and she was way better and she was she was learning to drive and she was going out during the day she was going to a hairdresser making herself look feel pretty and mm. we would see her we would laugh and and then my mom and and my stepfather and I and my sisters we all kind of moved to the per, per, Paris mm. area mm -hmm. and she stayed in the south with her mom and friends and stuff mm. and one day in the middle of the night I heard the so it was about three in the morning and mm. I heard the phone go off and I just knew. Yeah. I didn't yeah. hear anything. I just yeah. had my mom pick up the phone and then put it down and yeah. start crying. Yeah. And yeah. I just knew. Yeah. And uh basically she was gone. She oh, I'm sorry. She'd taken all the pills she had and a lot of alcohol and she was gone. And there was no explanation because mm. She seemed like she was really taking back her life. Mm. And at first I was really mad, not because I was mm. mad at the fact that she had not given explanation, but more like I'm barely starting to be an adult. I was like seven, 16, 17 at the time. And I was mm. like, we mm. could have been best friends mm -hmm. and we could have had so many fun things together and you mm. took that away from me. Mm. But... Mm. In the end, I think, even though it still hurts, obviously, because, hello, <laughs> um, I'm kind of gotten at peace with that because I know that even though she was better, you could still see in her eyes that she was really sad all the time and she was fighting so hard. Yeah. And I think I got to peace with the fact that she's gone because she was in pain all the time and that's not a way to live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, bloody hell, Harry! Thanks for sharing <laughs> all of that, and uh, yeah, um, and in another language as well. Just, I, I mean, that, that's it's a it's a huge thing. So, thank you. Uh, that's that that that's really moving, and um, 
and true and authentic and it's it's your experience and you don't need my reactions to that but 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 for what it's worth um it's 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 clear to me and phil and everyone hearing that just how much you loved each other and how much um all the things in her life which were great all the all, all the beautiful bright colored pieces of the mosaic of her life uh, a lot of those were you and a lot of the joy that she found in life was giving you that naughty puff of a cigarette in the middle of the night <laughs> and um uh, so I guess I, I, I would say that and also how great it is that you're aware of how important that relationship is and how in a sense this isn't quite a responsibility you have but 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 uh and this will sound wrong coming as advice because you know more about this than I do but try and live her life for her as well just as you live yours and kind of let the joy you find uh let that be hers as well that's what I wanted to say over yeah um yeah but basically I mean I think a lot about her and I think oh I think she'd be proud of me for doing this and for doing mm. that and I, I I often think of her as if it's so funny because especially at the beginning I would think I would do something that was exciting or, or that was pride of myself for doing or something and I'd be like oh I need to tell her I need to call her to tell her that I did this mm-hmm. and then it would hit me like a ton of bricks and be like yeah. oh I can't, I can't do that yeah. <laughs> but I still think about it and it's still a nice feeling of thinking yeah. oh I'm sure that if she knew she would be really happy for me yeah. or she'd be excited to go there with me if she was there and and in a way I think yeah, I, I, it took a long time, but I really got to peace with it that one, she doesn't have to suffer anymore, but also she'll always be perfect in a way in my mind. Mm. Like I, I won't have to see her fight for a very long time and maybe she would have fought it and maybe she would have ended up being really, really happy and have a great life and have kids and why I get married, I don't know. But I don't know that. And what I can only remember is all the good, time I had with her because Mm. even the bad time I couldn't see a lot because I was a kid and I wasn't really understanding it at the time so well I was a kid Mm. I was 16 so I wasn't Mm. really a kid but I I I kind of did a block to it and I kind of only tried to remember good things about her because I didn't want to remember her if that were to happen which it did I didn't want to remember her as someone that was depressed as someone that was sad as someone that was fighting for her life I wanted to remember everything good about her but it also made me realize how I need to be happy for what I have and to appreciate what I have because something as silly as having a tummy ache in the morning that makes you miss your bus can spiral so badly Mm. that Mm. it takes everything from you and it takes everything from your family and it it takes so little to make you spiral into something like this but in a way her passing just made me so much stronger and made me appreciate so much more about life. And I'm not saying everybody needs to lose someone in their life to be mm. able to understand this, mm. but I think it's it's nice to keep in mind. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um... One of the things that I just want to draw attention to uh, uh, is, is listeners, if, if any of you are struggling currently, because we've, we've brought this sort of subjects up before we have we will post uh, our links that we have to um people who are struggling mental health suicide lines and all that sort of stuff we always post links to that um which we will do again um on this one but also i want and if not send, send us a message oh we can always talk to we us. have a twitter we have a facebook come and come and talk to us if you don't want to talk to a stranger talk to other strangers that you kind of know <laughs> because you listen to us once in a while um, the other thing is, as well, something that I don't know if your aunt was aware of, but I think 
anyone else struggling needs to try to be aware of is just how fondly you remember your aunt and how important she is. Everybody is important to somebody else on some level. So if you're struggling, remember there is always going to be someone like Harry thinking about you. And if you're gone, you will be missed and people will be upset like Harry is. So it's very, very hard. I, I've struggled with mental health issues in the past. I'm sure most people have. Um, we don't talk about it enough. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't often talk about things that make us sad um, because for some reason society doesn't like us doing so. It, it's it's like we've got to be happy all of the time. But in order for us to be able to cope and move on, we do need to talk about this stuff. And I mean, one of the aspects of the show that we've talked about is the fact that it is kind of therapeutic. Hello. <laughs> it's very much <laughs> Certainly for you this week. But um, but it, it, just talking about things, finding someone to talk to, it doesn't mean you've got to have solutions. You've got to, It's not like you're going to say, give me the answer to things. Just the process of remembering and talking is, is, is helpful in itself. So I'm sure Harry would agree that talking about your aunt on this show is another sort of oh, yeah. Yeah, start yeah. of you know helping relieve that 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 pain that you're you're struggling with definitely I, I mean i mean it's it's um it's pain but it's 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 pain because she, she's not there that's it but but it's it's like everything i think everything needs time you know it's a wound at the end of the day and a wound needs time sometimes it needs more sometimes it needs less time to heal but um like you said i think a lot of people especially people who struggle with mental issues and and depression and stuff like that tend to think they're alone and they or they they think that nobody cares they think, oh, my mom, I try to talk to her. She doesn't take me seriously. She thinks I'm a moody teenager. Nobody understands me. And there are so many people that would listen to you. Yeah, but I don't want to go to the doctors because I'm not I'm not sick. Yeah, but even your GP will listen to you. If if you don't trust your if you don't trust a medical person, well then you will find someone, anyone just reach out to i don't know go to the pharmacist go to a, a pub and chat to someone with a pint i don't know but it, it, just trying to reach out to someone even if it's not to say oh i'm feel depressed and i want I, I want to end it just going out and talking to people and 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 reaching out to someone having a conversation can make yourself feel so much better it can help so much just chatting to someone and having a little bit of a connection for a minute. Because, I mean, I'm not saying that all depression comes from solitude, but I think feeling lonely is never going to help. So if you can find enough strength to get yourself out there and reach out to someone and start a chat, in the street with a random person and they might look at you a bit weird at the beginning because this is the uk and why are you talking to me but just you know try it just just reach out to someone have a little chat and and it helps yeah i um, think i'm i was just going to say also that it's important to remember that you are not a burden i think that is when people struggle with mental health they think of themselves as an extra burden or weight or, or drain on everybody else and everything else and that wouldn't life be better if that you know it, it just by the fact that they're no longer there would would make life better for everybody else that is not true if anything it's the opposite because mm. your absence creates a whole and that whole who, where, whatever weights so much more than any trouble you might come with. Exactly, it is. It, it, a, a gap is noticed. Is it, whereas if if you if you're slightly, I don't know. Well, however you think you are, you're you're never as much trouble as the absence of you. Mm. Um, 
yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in. I just think it's important for people to know. Welcome to the show, David. <laughs> we were, um, we were, we were explaining to you the concept of this thing, the show, and you were, oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> it can oh, be like this sometimes. Um, we I feel are... like we should re-invite David for another episode because we stole all the fun from him. Um, well, just because something isn't a fun topic doesn't mean it isn't. Uh, doesn't mean it can't be sometimes a profoundly fulfilling um, conversation and uh, it's easy to find superficial fun on YouTube just off you go but um but 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 a conversation as or, as authentic and true as what Harry shared earlier uh, that's 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 pretty rare uh, I'd also just like to circle back for a moment to what you were saying just now you're right how uh, human beings are, social animals uh, and that human connection um, it can have all sorts of positive effects you can't begin to imagine before a conversation just as in some ways we had no idea where this show was going to go yet uh, I feel profoundly connected uh, to I guess the two of you and perhaps further afield because who knows who will end up listening to this then to the listeners in space and time uh, at the other end of this conversation uh, that connection in and of itself is a benign force I think uh, as famously the novelist E.M. Forster said in Howard's end uh, only connect only connect I think everything that we've been circling around the last five minutes it's there just only connect um, the modern world um, social media, uh, the polarization of culture we've had um, as a, between various dichotomy, if there's a plural of that word, these these are seeking to disconnect. I feel it, it's it's ironic that um, in theory, social media ought to be the most benign connecting revolution in human existence probably ever in the history of our species and yet my god how lonely it can make us feel uh, what 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 spiteful venomous cesspit toxic type situations it puts us in um and how bad it is for teenage mental health uh there were many reasons I would like to be young again with the mind I have now in a younger body and get to see what happens in to the human story in the 2050s and the 2060s and the 2070s but what I don't envy the youth of today is having to navigate social media you can't leave it behind the moment you get off the school bus I don't envy them that at, at all that is just lethal I think this heightens the um need to talk about mental health not as a hey mental health let's talk about it as a, a, not at the level of a sort of a classroom campaign but 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 as something i have no solutions here but something but whatever the solution is it needs to be realer than that uh some sort of national health service for the mind um and the way that mental health services it, it's 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 just this sort of disposable add-on at a government policy level it's something i hope if we're still if there's still human beings um talking about things in 100 years and who knows this this podcast might wash up on the shores of um some human being uh, a century from now i hope that they'll look back and think god you know those human beings in the 2020s what idiots! They just, they just didn't think about mental health at all, other than in the most superficial way, other than it being like a generally good thing, but didn't do anything about it. Um, I, I, I hope that this is something that uh, our descendants will look back with a sort of bemused horror uh, at what we got wrong in the present age. Over. What? Well, I, th I think it's becoming a little bit less taboo. I think, I think. When you think of like my grandma, like uh, generation and stuff like that, they were very much 
oh, you just do the, do the job and do what's expected of you and then carry on. You fall, well, stand back up and brush up your knees and you just carry on because that's how we've always done. And, you know, and it's just, you're sad, well, cry a little, uh, cry a little good bit and you'll go less to the loo, you know? That's, that's what my gr- uh, grandfather used to say. It's just like, if you cry a lot you'll go to the loo less. So have a good try. <laughs> and it's just so silly, but, you know, it's just like, well, that's not helping. I'm sad at the minute. And, well, you turned it into a joke, fair enough, but, you know. And and then my, I think my parents' generation are a bit more open to talking to each other and saying that they're sad and maybe eventually, you know, try to chat to their friends maybe a little bit, but even therapy is still not something that they kind of go yes I, I go to therapy and and yes I do this and and I try to help myself and stuff like that and then my generation I think is more open to say oh yeah I've got I, I do th- I go to therapy or, or yes I, I do I am depressed depressed or 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 and you know I think it's something that little by little is a bit more accepted in society that we all kind of need support, mental support, and and need to kind of express the fact that we are sad sometimes, and we need stuff to cheer us up. And and I I do believe it's big. And even in the in classes, I know that when I was in school, I I would have people come to the school and kind of say, if you're sad, you can come to see this person. We can chat, or even if just just anything you want to talk about, you can go to this one person that is kind of you know, that for you to listen to. And if she's not there, you can go to the nurse and she will always listen to you. And if you don't like the nurse or if you she's not there that day or something, you can go to a teacher, you can go to... And I think there was a lot of people saying that if there's anything wrong, you can reach out to the teachers and they will always be there to help and uh, as much as they can, obviously. And, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I know that um, my GP would also say that if I didn't want to, like, if I'd go to the doctor with my mom, I know that my GP would look at me and say, if one day you want to come here on your own, you're allowed, even if you're like, I was like, I don't know, 15 or something, like, you're allowed to come on your own because I will come and you can talk to me about anything you want without your mom and then she doesn't have to know, you know, unless it's something extremely grave or dangerous yeah. or whatever. But, and I feel like it's something that is kind of sprinkled everywhere since I was young as well, I, 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 uh, I was young at least, um, that there are people around to listen to you, but then if you actually reach out to them, you end up realizing that however good a teacher is, however good your GP is or something, they're never the right person. They have a small amount of power. A GP can always like recommend you to a psychiatrist or something, I don't know. But do your teachers, at the end of the day, they can only give you their adult vision of something or their own, like, teacher or, 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 yeah, their own human vision of something. But really, they don't actually know how else to help. They're here to listen, which is much more than nothing. Mm. But I feel like there's always that little moment where you go, okay, well, I've talked to you about everything that's wrong now and you've gave me advice, but at the end of the day, it doesn't help me much. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you're right in saying, David, that I think it needs to be such a m- much more easy thing to have access to help and support for mental health. I think it should be something that everyone is aware of, that everyone can access, like going to buy bread at Tesco, I think it's something that should be so logical and 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 normal that everyone just say, "Oh, sorry." Instead of saying, "Oh, sorry, I've got to go because I've got a hairdresser appointment," you go, "Oh, I'm sorry, I've got to go. I've got a therapy." Well, you in, know? in the same way, you, you uh, people go to the gym, right, yeah. after work. Yeah, that's yeah. that's in order to benefit their physical health. Yeah, we need to normalize a mental health gym, something like yeah. that. That would be yeah, that's great for uh some kind of that, that that sort of level i mean at, at school you did pe and it was normalized that you do physical health as a as an exercise and people do exercises you know uh, i'm trying to think but that that idea of okay applying that normalness to to mental health that's where we want to be aiming at um, that's well 
um, Phil, I, it's it's pretty rude, but if I'm just super quickly jumping, I really like no, your no. metaphor. I really like your metaphor of the gym, especially because you don't wait until you're sick until you go to the gym. In fact, you don't go to the gym when you are sick. Uh, <laughs> and in the same sort of way, uh, I don't think th therapy necessarily needs to be something that you wait until you have some kind of a breakdown or, or, or some awful debilitating flare-up of social anxiety before you go and speak to a counsellor. I love the idea that um, you just, that you wind it into, that th 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 if there is such a thing, the mentally healthy also incorporate this into a part of their week uh, to stay that way. Uh, okay. it, it, it's, it's uh, we, View it too. View, view mental health. I think too much from the, from the perspective of pathology. What's wrong with you? Don't seek help until something's wrong. Um, whereas um, I love the an analogy with the gym because you go there to stay well. Over. Yeah, I mean that's. I I think that's what is is lacking. Is is these um, at one point I was learning at UEA at uni about um, oh gosh what's it called. Um, Oh, when you um, it's going to bug me when you think about um, oh, it's going to come to me in a minute. There's a there's a process you can do and it's very popular and it's very good and it's about being aware of where you currently are. David, can you try and grab the word for me? It's that sense of um, are we talking about mindfulness or mindfulness? There it is. Mindfulness is incredible when you get it right because that absolutely you do mindfulness not as oh i'm feeling uh depressed i need to do something to fix myself the idea is you do mindfulness on on a on a daily or a weekly or whatever a daily basis or something like that just to keep um, just to monitor where you currently are what mm. you're feeling good about what you're feeling bad about not to fix it just to acknowledge and do a, a check-in on, on yourself in the same way that uh i don't know one would go to the gym to check in on one's physical health it, it's just one of those it's it, one of one of those many things that you can do just so you don't allow yourself mental health wise to slip and to to and 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 and, and what's the word I'm looking for? deteriorate mental health wise mm. which is easily done in the same way that if you don't keep an eye on I don't know, your physical health, if you don't look after yourself, the simplest way of looking after yourself is to monitor your physical health, getting on the scales, whatever it is you want to quantify in terms of what you want to feel physically, if you want to be able to do certain things. The the way to do that is to just check, okay, where am I at currently? Okay, I'm going to do something, and then where am I after that? So if we did that in society, if we all did mindfulness on a regular basis, it's... It, I, I I did was it two or three sessions. I never got to do the fourth one because COVID hit, um, which is such a shame. I don't actually know how that course <laughs> ended. I never got the end of it. Um, but the three se the sessions that we did do was it life changing. Ooh, I mean, yeah. I um I I would endorse entirely the concept of mindfulness. It sounds to someone who's not really one for thinking about these things. It, uh going in i thought what is all this kind of you know hippie stuff that's just just nonsense but when you get it when you understand what it's about and it really is just a case of what is it that's that's bothering me how do i feel about things and and just making a little list in the same way that one does a i don't know a to-do list for the day you don't necessarily mean or a to-do list you you just acknowledge the things that you go okay what can that's where I currently am it's not about solving the problem it's just about checking in um the other thing as I reminded myself when I was talking about that is COVID I think this uh, mental health awareness is one of the po the positive outcomes of COVID in the mm -hmm. sense of lockdown and all that stuff we had a sustained period where people had to stay at home and were isolated from each other and I think it brought to popular popular awareness how important it is for people to connect at all, let alone, I mean, so hence things like Zoom, so you could do video calls. And then as soon as 
you know, we got we were all itching to actually physically meet each other. Mm. And I think that says a lot about us as people that we do need human interaction. We do need to be connected. Like you say, only connect, um, which to me is the game show. But, you know, as opposed to the uh, <laughs> course, yeah. an excellent show, I would like to point out. Um, <laughs> but I never realised that was a quote. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. Never an ally show. <laughs> no oh, that's actually love- David Mitchell's wife, isn't it, as well? It's the other David Mitchell. Uh, that's true. <laughs> wow, wow, well, wow. oh, well, that's quite a connection there. Um, <laughs> you'd love the book, Phil. Um, Howard's End by E.M. Forster. I've, uh, I've seen the film. Uh, uh, as is uh, usually the case, uh, the book is uh, uh, the book is just a wonderful thing to spend time with. Uh, I think you'll love it. I think you'll absolutely love it. I will have to give it a try. As I think I said in a previous podcast, I struggle often with reading. I like to read aloud. Fair enough. I, Fair enough. I will. Fair um, I, I I read too, Harry. I, I like reading books aloud, but to actually sit and mentally read a book. I find that difficult, and I think that's uh, part of my neurodiversity thing. We've talked about aphantasia, and but give me an audio book. Give me—I um, don't know why audio book's easier. I, that doesn't make any sense to me because it's the same words. That, uh, but it's the—I find. Oh, it makes sense. Um, it makes complete sense to me because it's reading aloud, um, and it's also worth pointing out, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, in the medieval era. Uh, there was no such thing as silent reading. Um, it, it, it's uh, and and back in Roman classical times, all reading was reading aloud. Uh, in fact, it's high medieval era. Apparently, uh, it's monks who sort of invented silent reading because they had to in their scriptoria when they were copying out manuscripts. So really, sort of. Uh, non-silent readers were here first. So you're uh, you're both. Uh, the past and the present and the future, Phil. Three uh, in one. A holy trinity. <laughs> well, I had no idea. Um, so on that bombshell, I, <laughs> um, I think we'll call that one to an end. That was... Can I have a word? Um, I hope you're feeling... I hope you've enjoyed it, Harry. Uh, yes. yes, are you feeling okay? Normally I ask guests no, first, I'm, but I will make sure you're okay. I am completely all right. I am quite... Um, relieved of a, I don't know. It's nice to get out a bit of a weight every time, a little bit, and you know. Excellent, David. David, have you had a nice time? Well, I feel um, nice isn't the right word, but I've had a good time, uh, and and uh, I know it's been worthwhile because I don't want my time back. Uh, I wouldn't have swapped this hour for anything, and just to hear Harry speak about her aunt in that way, uh, I'm never going to forget it. But what I am going to do now, it's uh, 9.50 here in Ireland. So I'm going out for a walk with my friends, Ben and Lou and their dogs along a very, very long beach here in Ireland. And that's kind of mental health. Hanging out with a couple of friends who are sort of in the same place as I am in life and, and, and just to talk about our families and, and, and whatever we want to talk about. I think this is sort of a part of the, this is a, cont- uh, a continuing, a continuation of the discussion we've had this is kind of mental health it's just you don't have to call it that but it's what it is mm. Mm. and enjoy i mean you're enjoying nature you're enjoying people yeah. and you're getting outside of the house and you're yeah. doing exercise i mean these are all the things that people I'm enjoying dogs well yep. yeah absolutely dogs yep. are in, so much. they are absolutely <laughs> oh, they the are. best mental health tool if, oh, if, aren't, if they? They were invented. aren't they aren't they anyway right so anyway that was can I have a word? Uh, we are on all the podcast pl- platforms. So we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Music. We're on, I can never remember what they're called, Google something or other. Um, and all the other ones. If there's a podcast platform that we should be on that we're not on, do let us know and we'll add ourselves to it. Um, but don't forget to follow, subscribe, etc. So you automatically receive the next episode into your podcast inbox notification. notification i always forget that way you get notified about that um also make sure you follow us on facebook and twitter at can i ever apply uh because that's always great um if you'd like to be a guest just like david here um then do let us know because we do love to have guests i particularly love to have guests on yeah. the show and david has been an awesome awesome guest so please if you want to be another awesome guest then do 
get, get in touch. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode or if you found it a bit hard going and haven't enjoyed it, but still share this episode and tell other people about it on all your social media channels of choice or however you like to tell people about it, because we want more people to listen and interact with us. Um, uh, and also don't forget to uh, listen to all the other episodes. We've done 53, 54, I've lost count, about in the 50s. We did over 50 episodes you can go and listen to about all these random rambles. Um, also, if at some point we've talked about stuff and we're completely wrong and we're factually inaccurate, uh, then then do fill in uh, the gaps in our knowledge. We want to be corrected. Don't feel that, oh, no, they're, they're, they're wrong and they, they want to be wrong. No, we would I'd much rather be corrected and, and learn from other people Please do our research for us. If we've got things wrong, uh, do, do let us uh, know. I think that's everything. So um, thank you very much, David, for being on the podcast. My pleasure. It's been great to be here, Phil and Harry. Thank you for everybody for listening and bye. bye.